Chapter Five of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Ruhi Huck. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Five. Chapter Five. Look ere thou leap. See ere thou go. Well, Barbara can i go i don't know doubtfully there is a doubt on mrs monkton's brow she is staring out of the window instead of into her sister's face and she is evidently a little distressed or uncertain you have been there so lately and you want to say something says the younger sister seating herself on the sofa and drawing mrs monkton down beside her why don't you do it you can't want to go so very much can you now asks the latter anxiously almost entreatingly it is i who don't know this time says joyce with a smile and yet it seems only like yesterday that you came back after spending a month there a yesterday that dates from six weeks ago a little reproachfully i know you like being there it is a very amusing house to be at i don't blame you in any way lord and lady baltimore are more charming in their ways and very kind and yet there don't stop you are coming to it now the very heart of the meaning go on authoritatively and seizing her sister in her arms or i'll shake it out of you it is this then says mrs monkton slowly i don't think it is a wise thing for you to go there so often oh barbara owl of wisdom as thou art why not the girl is laughing yet a deep flush of colour has crept into each cheek never mind the why not perhaps it is unwise to go anywhere too often and you must acknowledge that you spent almost the entire spring there well i hinted all that to mr dysart was he there yes he came down from the court with the note and who else is to be there oh the clontarfs and dicky brown and lady swanstown and a great many others mr beauclerk and she does not look at joyce as she asks this question yes a little silence follows broken at last by joyce may i go do you think it is the best thing for you to do says mrs monkton flushing delicately think darling you know you must know because you have it always before you flushing even deeper that to marry into a family where you are not welcomed with open heart is to know much private discomfiture i know this too says the girl petulantly that to be married to a man like freddy who consults your lightest wish and is your lover always is worth the enduring of anything i think that too says mrs monkton who has now grown rather pale that there is still one more thing to know that in making such a marriage as we have described a woman lays out a thorny path for her husband she separates him from his family and as all good men have strong home ties she naturally compels him to feel many a secret pang but he has his compensations do you think if freddy got the chance he would give you up and go back to his family no not that 
but to rejoice in that thought is to be selfish why should he not have my love and the love of his people too there is a want somewhere what i wish to impress upon you joyce is this that a woman who marries a man against his parents wishes has much to regret much to endure i think you are ungrateful says the girl a little vehemently freddy has made you endure nothing you are the happiest married woman i know yes but i have made him endure a great deal says mrs monkton in a low tone she rises and going to the window stands there looking out upon the sunny landscape but seeing nothing barbara you are crying says joyce going up to her abruptly and folding her arms around her it is nothing dear nothing at all darling only i wish he and his father were friends again freddy is too good a man not to regret the estrangement i believe you think freddy is a little god says joyce laughing oh not a little one says mrs monkton and as freddy stands six foot one in his socks they both laugh at this still you don't answer me says the girl presently you don't say you may or you shan't which is it to be barbara her tone is distinctly coaxing now and as she speaks she gives her sister a little squeeze that is plainly meant to press the desired permission out of her still mrs monkton hesitates you see says he temporizing there are so many reasons the court pausing and flushing is not quite the house for so young a girl as you oh barbara you can't misunderstand me says her sister with agitation you know how i like love lady baltimore and how good lord baltimore has been to freddy when his father cast him off there was very little left to us for beginning housekeeping with and when lord baltimore gave him his agency oh well it isn't likely we shall either of us forget to be grateful for that if it was only for ourselves i should say nothing but it is for you dear and this unfortunate affair this determined hostility that exists between lord and lady baltimore makes it unpleasant for the guests you know nervously i hate gossip of any sort but one must defend one's own but there is nothing unpleasant one sees nothing they are charming to each other i have been staying there and i know have i not stayed there too it is impossible joyce to fight against facts all the world knows they are not on good terms well a great many other people aren't perhaps when they aren't the tone of the house gets lowered and i have noticed of late that they have people there who who what barbara oh yes i know they are all right they are received everywhere but are they good companions for a girl of yours of your years it is not a healthy atmosphere for you they are rich people who think less of a hundred guineas than you do of five it is wise i ask you again to accustom yourself to their ways nonsense barbara says her sister looking at her with a growing surprise that is not like you why should we despise the rich why should we seek to emulate them surely both you and i have too good blood in our veins to give way to such follies she leans towards mrs monkton and with a swift gesture gentle as firm turns her face to her own now for the real reason says she unthinkingly she has brought confusion on herself barbara as though stung to cruel candour gives her the real reason in a sentence tell me this says she which do you like best mr dysart or mr beauclerk 
joyce taking her arm from round her sister's neck moves back from her a deep colour has flamed into her cheeks then died away again she looks quite calm now what a question says she well feverishly answer it oh no says the girl quickly why not why not answer it to me your chief friend you think the question indelicate but why should i shrink from asking a question on which perhaps the happiness of your life depends if if you have set your heart on mr beauclerk she stops checked by something in miss kavanagh's face well what then asked the latter coldly it will bring you unhappiness he is lady baltimore's brother she already plans for him the beauclerks are poor he is bound to marry money that is a good deal about mr beauclerk but what about the other possible suitor whom you suppose i am madly in love with don't talk to me like that joyce do you think i have anything at heart except your interests as to mr dysart if you like him i confess i should be glad of it he is only a cousin of the baltimores and of such moderate means that they would scarcely object to his marrying a penniless girl you rate me highly says joyce with a sudden rather sharp little laugh i am good enough for the cousin i am not good enough for the brother who may reasonably look higher not higher haughtily he can only marry a girl of good birth you are that but he in his position will look for money or else his people will look for it for him whereas mr dysart yes you needn't go over it all mr dysart is about on a level with me he will never have any money neither shall i suddenly she looks round at her sister her eyes very bright tell me then says she what does it all come to that i am bound to refuse to marry a man because he has money and because i have none that is not the argument says barbara anxiously i think it is it is not i advise you strongly not to think of mr beauclerk yet he has no money to speak of he has more than freddy but he is a different man from freddy with different tastes different aspirations different he is different emphatically in every way to be different from the person one loves is not to be a bad man says joyce slowly her eyes on the ground my dear girl who has called mr beauclerk a bad man you don't like him says miss kavanagh still more slowly still with thoughtful eyes downcast i like mr dysart better if you mean that no i don't mean that and besides that is no answer was there a question yes why don't you like mr beauclerk have i said i didn't like him not in so many words but well why don't you i don't know rather lamely miss kavanagh laughs a little satirically and mrs monkton objecting to mirth of that description takes fire why do you like him asks she defiantly i don't know either returns joyce with a rueful smile and after all i am not sure that i like him so very much you evidently imagine me to be head over ears in love with him yet i myself scarcely know whether i like him or not you always look at him so kindly and you always pull your skirts aside to give him a place by your side i should do that for tommy would you that would be too kind says tommy's mother laughing it would mean ruin to wear your skirts in two minutes but consider the gain the priceless scraps of wisdom i should hear even whilst my clothes were being demolished this has been a mere interlude unintentional on the part of either and once over neither knows how to go on the question must be settled one way or the other there is one thing says mrs monkton at length you certainly prefer mr beauclerk to mr dysart 
do i i wish i knew as much about myself as you know about me and after all it is of no consequence whom i like the real thing is come barbara you who know so much can tell me this well says mrs monkton seeing she has grown very red and is evidently hesitating no this absurd conversation has gone far enough i was going to ask you to solve a riddle but but what you are too serious about it not too serious it is very important oh barbara how do you know what you are saying cries the girl with an angry little stamp turning to her a face pale and indignant you have been telling me in so many words that i am in love with either mr beauclerk or mr dysart pray now for a change tell me which of them is in love with me mr dysart says barbara quietly her sister laughs angrily you think everybody who looks at me is in love with me not everyone meaning mr beauclerk no slowly i think he likes you too but he is a man who will always think you know he has come in for that property in hampshire through his uncle's death but he got no money with it it is a large place impossible to keep up without a large income and his uncle left every penny away from him it is in great disrepair the house specially i hear it is falling to pieces mr beauclerk is an ambitious man he will seek means to rebuild his house well what of that it is an interesting bit of history but how does it concern me take that troubled look out of your eyes barbara i assure you mr beauclerk is as little to me as i am to him she speaks with such evident sincerity with such an undeniable belief in the truth of her own words that mrs monkton looking at her and reading her soul through her clear eyes feels a weight lifted from her heart that is all right then says she simply she turns as if to go away but miss cavanagh has still a word or two to say i may go to the court says she yes i suppose so but you won't be vexed if i go barby no not now well slipping her arm through hers with an audible sigh of delight that's settled things generally do get settled the way you want them to be says mrs monkton laughing come what about your frocks eh from this out they spend a most enjoyable hour or two End of chapter 5